Good evening. Happy new moon to you. I have decided to come to you this evening because um, I'm soaking in the tub. And I thought I would talk to you about um, some of the things I'm doing tonight to uh, manifest um, a level or degree of understanding or knowing about what it means to engage in ritual behavior at uh, appointed times or pre-appointed times. I am right now taking what's called a ritual cleansing bath and this is a tub of hot water to which I have added something called the anti-epiphany bath sprinkles. I should have been in this bath a long time ago but I had a couple of people drop by and um, so I had to do a little bit of what we call mind fuckery. Um, I am a master at the art of the mind fuck and um, I can't resist the urge to engage in it from time to time. So I'll talk to you a bit about that in a minute, exactly what that is. Uh, but I want to give you a little bit of oversight about what I have done, what I am doing, and what I plan to do. So I started cleaning my altar today, or I cleaned my altar, um, got it in order uh, so I could, um, yeah, light my candles, burn my incense, uh, do those kinds of things, acknowledge my best self, and that's represented in a picture that's on my altar, I talk to that picture, and uh, make promises, so to speak, to my best self. That's a picture of me when I was about 27 years old. And um, I'm not going to say I was necessarily in, in, in the best health or the best shape, but I was probably in the better form of my life. Um, I believe at about the age of 34, maybe 32, sometime, maybe 33 years old of age, um, I was probably in my best shape, best health, and best form. Um, I was a vegan jogger back, uh, I don't know, sometime 95, maybe 96, uh, no more than 97 for sure. Um, but it all started out uh, as a kind of sort of a threat to Olivia's father, my daughter's father, when he insinuated that I might be fat. So I said, I'm going to show you what... Um, what I call fat, and I went out the next morning to take a walk, and it was one of the most painful things I ever did in my life. It hurt badly, um, but I walked 10 minutes in one direction and came back home, and I got up the next morning and did it, and I kept doing it every day, until nine months later, I was vegan and a jogger. Yeah, what happened, what happened, what happened? Um, I overdosed. I overdosed on ginseng, and the ginseng caused me to have two cycles a month. When I went to see my OBGYN about that issue, she decided to put me on birth control, and I agreed to do that. In one month, I gained back all the weight I had lost. I lost the ability to sweat. I lost um, any drive, determination, or motivation to jog because all I was doing was gaining weight. It would be 12 years later before I would get the residue from those hormone-bending uh, pharmaceuticals out of my system and would be able to sweat again. Uh, I started losing weight. And, um, yeah, I've been kind of like off and on ever since, just trying to get it together. 
uh, the holistic side of me uh, knows instinctively almost what to do. The knowledge base that I have in my head after, you know, 20 years of research um, is, I won't say infinitesimal, but it's pretty deep. I've probably forgotten more than I remember right now. But the reality is this, that I know that um, being healthy and whole and holistic is very simple. It's very easy. And we make a bigger deal out of it than we should. So tonight, what I am doing is I am soaking in uh, the Antipiphany bath sprinkles. And that is a proprietary blend of earth-based salts, minerals, um, and, and elements. Uh, other elements. Um, it um, requires about two tablespoons in the tub. I have four tablespoons in here probably because... I am, um, you know, doing a, you know, amping it up a little bit. I'll just put it like that. The idea of um, doing a ritual bath is something that goes back across many cultures. My experience is the Judeo-Christian tradition, and in that tradition, um, Jewish women at certain times of the month took what they called a mikveh or a ritual cleansing bath uh, and it was in a pool where their bodies could soak um, and detoxify. This is something similar to that and in my opinion um, and this particular product uh, contains uh, calcium bentonite clay, baking soda, uh, Redmond's real salt um magnesium, some other stuff, stuff I can't remember. But it's a proprietary blend, so I dare not tell you my ingredients. Um, it cannot, you cannot be allergic to it. Um, it is what your body, or what constitutes some of the makeup of your body. Um, it also um, just has a whole lot of high-end cosmet- cosmetic value. Um, the Jew general rule is to soak about 20 minutes. I usually do an hour. And um, you exfoliate, get out, and oil down while you are still wet. Yeah. And then, you know, you go on about your business. After I go out of this tub, I'll go into the bedroom. Uh, that's where my altar is. And I will um, have on something that I wear when I'm doing uh, ritual um, cleansings and meditations and things like that. Um, So, you know, it's just a loose-fitting dress. I have a, what I call a prayer shawl. Um, That's something that um, comes out of the Judeo-Christian or the Hebrew uh, tradition. Uh, And a pair of earrings that I wear. And so I explained to someone a couple of months ago that really the idea of any kind of new moon or ritual celebration or observance, you might like feel like you're getting ready for a date. You know, you take these baths, you take extra extra care with yourself, um, you dress in a certain thing, something that's special that you only wear for this, you know, kind of thing. Um, you light a lot of candles, you drink wine. Um, it's like having a date with yourself, except it's supposed to be a date like between you and the most high, so to speak. Yeah, that's the way I characterize it. 
Um, or if you had a boo who was just worth everything in the world, this would be like getting ready to go out with that person. The idea of um, setting intentions and making uh, manifestations um, is almost like a ritual wedding um, event where you kind of say, hey, I want to strike this contract up with you, God, most high universe creator. Um, and you say, I'm setting these intentions, um, clearing everything out of the way that might prevent their manifesting and asking, you know, the most high to um, let these things be made manifest in your life. The idea of um, being very intentional about that um, is demonstrated by writing it down. Uh, we're told in the Old Testament of the Bible to write the vision and to make it plain that a herald will take it and run with it. And even if it seems to, you know, not manifest right away, it's going to happen. It's not going to fail. I mean, that's pretty simple. And this happens even more um, when it's a corporate experience or when you have what we call group manifestations. And so this becomes the basis for what some people start calling witchcraft because you have groups of people who would get together, particularly women, because that's what the church is particularly composed of, women. And they pray and ask for things to happen, and they happen. And people call these covens because coven is the root of the word covenant or promise. Um, These are people who are looking for the promise. Um, I am completely single, so uh, I don't do couples, you know, rituals or anything like that. Excuse me, I had to take a sip of wine. But, um, so, yeah, I just, um, as it relates to others, just, uh, have a mindset, an attitude of letting everything that blesses me be a blessing to others. A lot of time people, people pray for others to be blessed, but I know that I am a conduit for blessing. So I don't necessarily think you have to pray for other people to be blessed. I know other people are blessed because of me. And this is a conversation, a little bit of a conversation that I had with a young man who stopped by, whose name I will call, um, what am I going to call this young man? I will call him Derek. That's an old name. Mm-hmm. But he's going to be Derek. Um, and I'm wondering now if I chose that name for him because of the way he felt when I hugged him. If anybody knows what a Derek is, let's go look up a definition real quick. Uh, I haven't looked up... Um, I know I know what a Derek is, but I haven't looked up the actual definition for it in a moment. It's... um kind of, oh shoot, come on, come on y'all, okay, we got Derek, and we're going to get meaning, I'm sorry about this, guys, it's a, like a dam type of, um, oh, no, it's not, hold up, a Derek, they say, is a crane with a movable pivoted arm, for moving or lifting heavy weights, especially on a ship. 
It's the framework over an oil well or from or similar boring that holds the drilling machinery. I thought a derrick was something else. I could almost swear a derrick was something else. So I'm going to go to the etymology of derrick and see what that means. I know I'm going like off on a tangent. Um, it's like the gallows, okay, or hangman, from the surname of a hangman at London's Tyburn Gallows. Uh, the name represents a late borrowing from the low countries, yada, 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 wiggity whack, wiggity whack. It's a hoisting apparatus for lifting and moving heavy weights, similar to a crane, but differs from it in having the boom, which corresponds to the jib of the crane, pivoted at the lower end so that it may take different inclinations from the perpendicular. Aha. Okay. So it's like an upside down crane. Yeah, okay. There you have it. Um so now I lost my train of thought. Let me see if I can get back to it. Why was I looking up Derek? Anyway, going back to my rituals, uh, the idea, I'm sorry y'all, the wine has gotten me and I had like one more glass of wine to drink. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having the right wine is good. But anyway, so you go into the bathroom, the bedroom, sorry. And um, I'm dressed in this particular garb, and um, I have a, a what I call a prayer shawl on, uh, special earrings. I put on makeup. Yes, all that kind of good stuff. I smell good. I rub my body down in a particular oil. I oil my chakras. I set my intentions, uh, burn incense, and I do that. I try to do that on the hour. I'm a little bit behind tonight because I had guests earlier, so I'll probably do that for one cycle. But I will listen to Cephagio, um frequencies or binaural beats um, or binaural beats. I can't pronounce that word for real. It's probably the only word in the world I can't pronounce. Um, and, you know, I'll go into a meditative state. Until at such point, I feel like um, it's time to end that part and um, move on to something else. Tonight, I'm going to do some burning. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of recitations or litany, uh, releasing myself from a relationship that no longer serves me. Uh, I am going to uh, put myself in a position to be open to what the universe has for me, if indeed... Um, you have some things that are burdensome to you. Now is the time to cut those ties. If they do not serve you, uh, leave no uh, guilt in your mind about your decision to move on to things that will uh, help you reap or be in your season of harvest and abundance. The idea of doing this helps to keep our focus between the periods of time that we do this. If we do these things on, we'll say, a bi-weekly basis because you have a moon event every two weeks, either the full moon or the new moon, uh, it helps you to understand during those two weeks that you have a goal that you have set 
and setting intentions on this moon that you hope to be able to either reach by the next um, the full moon or the next new moon or more preferably preferably the full moon um, and it just helps keep you on track uh, if, if it's not to be fulfilled by the next full moon, the next full moon is like a check-in period to see if you have been staying on track as it relates to your putting in the work that needs to be done to help a particular thing to manifest. After that, um, let's see, I make sure I wear a particular perfume. It's amber. It smells very Middle Eastern, if that's a way to describe an aroma. Um, but it's... Um, a little woody, dusty, floral smell um, that's, to me, neutral. I think a man or a woman could wear it. If a, woman, a man wore it, it might smell a little feminine. If a woman wore it, it might smell a little masculine. So it's a very balancing scent. And I don't know if I know a man who wears it. I'm going to see if I can find one who like, might let me um, douse him in some of it to see how he experiences it and how others might experience him as a result of it. Okay, so we're about halfway through our podcast here. Uh, oh, the other thing, like in my in my tub of water, in my soak, I have my, what I call my bath minerals or stones. Uh, I have stones that I put in a mesh uh, sachet and sit tied up real tight and put it in the tub with me along with the bath sprinkles. Uh, This helps to uh, purify the stones and charge them as well as me. Um, After I get done drinking the wine, I will make sure I consume water until I fall asleep. Uh, I have not eaten this afternoon. I was supposed to drink some hot lemonade, but I did not. So I'm going to wake up drinking that. Yeah. In the interim, um, if you think there's some other things that you might be interested in in your uh, lunar cycle uh, rituals, um, I'd be interested in hearing from you about them. Uh, there might be different things that people do as it relates to their relationships. You know, couples might do something different. Uh, people who are looking to go into relationships might, you know, want a manifestation of a relationship. People who are in relationships might be trying to have those relationships dissolved. Um, the funny thing is most of us never seem to be too content with the place that we are. I am thankful to the universe that I am content Oh, yes. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm leaning back in a tub and I bumped my head. Um, I am very content right now in my singleness. Uh, That is not to say that hormones are not in full effect. Yes, they are. Um, But that is no reason for me to feel like, oh, I need to get coupled up in a relationship, you know, for life based on a temporary circumstance. Um, So... Most of the time, I endure, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't, or have not, or might not stumble and fall, so to speak. There is a thing called plausible deniability, okay? And that's not to say that you lie about something, but that you help yourself be positioned to be able to say, um, you know what, I might have did it, I might not. Sounds duplicitous, doesn't it? And duplicity is not one of the things that I promote. 
plausible deniability is not something you employ when you are, um, we'll say for lack of a better term, guilty. Plausible deniability is something that you employ. It's a a strategy of uh, logic that you employ when you are not sure whether you might be guilty or innocent. So the idea is to cast doubt in the mind of another that what they think is so might be so. Why am I sharing this with you? Because one of the things we have to do is learn how to think again and not what to think. We're told what to think versus knowing the strategies that help develop our thinking, our critical thinking capacity. So we get a chance. Google plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. So that all came up because, you know what? I'm not going to say I'm a saint over here, my good people. No, I'm not going to say that at all. Not by a long shot. (laughs) But I do consider myself a trustworthy witness. I do consider myself someone you can trust. I consider myself someone uh, who has wisdom and knowledge and understanding. From that perspective, I would suggest that if there are things that you have in your spirit, uh, in your heart, in your desires, your long-term goals for yourself that haven't manifested yet, I suggest that you look at the idea of plausible deniability from the perspective of your level of commitment to achieving that thing. I hear a lot of people saying, hey, you know what? I'm tired of meaningless sex. But then they're having relationships that they can plausibly deny that are not in alignment with what they say they desire. And so from that perspective, I I submit to you that these secret situationships, if you call yourself woke or conscious, are not profitable experiences that you should be having. If someone that you were intimately engaged with can deny association with you, the relationship probably does not exist in reality. Yeah, I went there. I am sweating, good people. I am sweating, sweating, sweating. And this is what you want to have happen in a detoxification or cleansing bath. You want to sweat. You want to get down as low as you can in that tub. And if you're a woman who has a yaya, you shouldn't mind a little bit of that bath water getting in your yaya. It's cleansing as well for your yaya if the water is cleansing for your body. Mm-mm. You don't have to worry about infection or anything like that. I hear a lot of people say, I don't want to sit in the tub because I'm sitting in my own cesspool. And I'm like, oh my God. Mm. When was the last time you took a bath? But uh, no, the calcium bentonite clay, that's a chief ingredient in this product, is what they call adsorbent and absorbent, adsorbent and absorbent. AD is in delta, AB is in bravo, sorbent. Okay, now we got that cleared up. That means the clay attracts toxins and holds them there. They won't stick to you. You won't reabsorb them. Plain and simple. All because of the 
uh, charge, the ionic charge of the particles that are in toxins. They are positively charged and the clay is negatively charged. And so that attraction happens and you pull toxins out of the body. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, my God. Yes, I am like sweating. I am so sweaty. The wine is really good. I was about to say the tea is really good. Um, if you're wondering about the libations, um, I had to save a little bit um, to do a drink offering. I have a grain offering. Um, and so a lot of people who have uh, come out of the Jo Christian experience or who are in it will say, oh, that was all nailed to the cross. Um, that's because the idea of these things having salvific value um, would suggest that once the um, ultimate sacrifice was prayed at, played at, we'll get it right, paid at Calvary, then you no longer have to do the sacrifice, official, you know, ceremonies. But that was primarily what we're talking about in relation to the flesh or sacrifice of animal flesh. This is not that. This is very ritualistic in that it serves as a reminder uh, to keep our attention and our focus on our creator and our relationship in that direction. Um, It has no value except to help develop discipline, uh, to help open your mind and your insight to the things that you need to uh, focus on or that are required for you to focus on to help you elevate your um, vibratory expression, um, to stay out of low vibrating exchanges like uh, arguing, yelling, cursing, fighting, uh, hitting, uh, gossiping, uh, things that add no value to anyone's relationship. Yeah. And guess what? I'm four minutes out, three minutes out from being done. Can you believe I have sat here and talked this long? This long. I think you should, um, yeah, give me some applause. Be proud of me. I hope this was engaging for you for 26 minutes. I hope you learned something. I hope it's something that you're willing to share with others, like you're willing to share this podcast. We want to get 400 listeners on one podcast. Uh, I'm still learning how to use this software. And so to the degree that I may like put everything in one episode, I promise you I will get better at this. I will get better. And I'm not even going to suggest I have to get better. I'm getting, I'm manifesting a team tonight who will help me produce these podcasts and we can have some interesting conversations about the relationships between the sausage and the lemons, okay? About the relationships between men and women, about the relationships between the kings and the goddesses. It's time to get off the nonsense and get on to good sense. That's all I'm saying. Get off the nonsense and get on to good sense. The stuff we've been telling ourselves is irrelevant. We are in a new period where this masculine feminine toxicity has to end. Your vagina and your penis hold no sway over anything. If you have any questions about that, just look in your past, okay? They have no sway over anything. Period.
and I'm happy to be the one to tell you. In the meantime, good people, I want to invite you out, if you're into in, in Indianapolis, to Artitude out on East Raymond Street on Friday night, August the 2nd at 7 p.m. You can go to Eventbrite, look at Artitude, A-R-T-I-T-U-D-E, okay? Click the link, buy your ticket. As a matter of fact, I'm asking someone to buy a ticket for me because everything I do here at the house is supported by donations from the community at this particular point because the light bill, the gas bill, the phone bill, the telephone bill, the automobile, all those bills are due. If I want to do anything extra, I have to depend on you also because those things aren't intact as yet. So, Artitude, Eventbrite. Um, yeah, I hope you learned something tonight. I hope that your new moon celebration, your black super new moon celebration is the best you will ever experience and that you go with me and the rest of us into this new dispensation in time. I love you each. I love you all. Mm-hmm.